happily haven't been through many bank crises in this country, at least not in the last 40 years or so. But by golly, we've got one right now, and it made for a real uncertain weekend. You know, would would banks fail? There's a global situation going on. Credit Suisse presumably got saved. What about U.S. banks? What does that mean for the Fed and interest rates? All great topics to talk to Robert Kaplan about. He's the former CEO of, of course, the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas, but also former vice chairman of Goldman Sachs, and he joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Uh, thanks, David. Good to be here. This is, um, I mean, it's it's a different situation than we've seen before. I don't know that this is a black swan since we've been through it. But what what should we be watching right now? Should we be watching the Fed? Are we watching individual banks to see if they're solvent? Seems like there are a lot of balls in the air. Yeah. Listen, you and I have talked in previous conversations that when you drive for a while at 120 miles an hour with too much fiscal spending and easy money, then you you raise the likelihood you're going to have to slam on the brakes. And when you slam on the brakes uh, and raise rates dramatically, you're going to find some breakage and vulnerabilities. My guess is there's a, only a fraction of banks in the United States that have a real asset liability mismatch. I mean, took duration risk in their bond portfolio, but but investors right now are having a hard time telling the difference. And uh, when in doubt, if you've got uninsured deposits at a bank, a lot of payroll and uh, individuals are saying, I need to find a way to be protected. And so we're creating a lot of stress through the system. It was foreseeable uh, a year ago when we started raising rates, but now that we're here, uh, you know, I, I think we're in a situation where what you don't want is the, the GSIBs, the globally systemic banks, being viewed as safe, and then the 4,700 other banks in the United States viewed as a place you don't want to have uninsured deposits. You're going you're gonna to do damage to the regional banking system with this kind of situation. Well, you can wipe it out. I mean, and in fact, your, your point's well taken. We're at 4,700 banks right now and change, but we were over 10,000 not that long ago. I mean, we've come down from, I guess, in the 90s, there were over 10,000. And, and that's one of the feelings is that coming out of this, we're going to look like Canada. We're going to have a whole lot less banks out there. Well, here's the problem. The regional banks, small regional banks in this country play a vital role to extending credit to small and, and mid-sized businesses, critical. And the big banks are not gonna lend to small mid-sized businesses. And so it has a real effect on the health and economy of a bunch of cities and towns and small mid-sized businesses throughout the country. So this is a, this is a critical issue. This is why as controversial as it would be, you know, during the global financial crisis, we put in a, a, the government put in a temporary uh, deposit insurance provision, which I think had a two-year duration. And I do believe before this is over, that's something that's going to need to be seriously considered. Well, And so that takes the uncertainty out for right now. But then, and maybe it's premature, but let me try to go into the future. I mean, why do I want to be a banker if banks are turning into, you know, like public utilities? where I can't, it's going to be hard for me to make money. 
and then the amount of money that I can make may be capped if if it's if they're utilities. Well, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to deal with that uh, down the road. We are now in this situation. Uh, I think it's unfortunate from a regulatory point of view. I would have loved if regulators had been attuned to those banks with an asset liability mismatch at the time we started beginning to raise rates and you would have been able to work with those banks and foreclose us, but we don't have that option right now. And I, I do believe that uh, stabilizing the mid-sized regional bank system is critical to the U.S. economy. So, so let's go over to the hat that you just relinquished here not too long ago. Tomorrow, uh, everybody's going to be sitting down the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee meeting. In Wednesday midday, we're going to find out what direction they're going to give us about interest rates and, I guess, try to try to implicitly find out their feeling about the state of the economy. Would you be inclined to raise interest rates the quarter point or half point or whatever it is? I, that- I would not. If I were around the table, I would not. And here's why. Um, I would make clear in my communication that we haven't laid down in any way, shape, or form in our fight against inflation, but we're not going to take action in this meeting. And the reason I wouldn't be in favor of raising rates is I don't really understand yet what the state of the economy is and what the fallout is of this small regional bank situation. I can tell that it's going to be tougher to get credit for small, mid-sized businesses. I, that that much I, I believe is happening, but I don't know. And I think when you're in a fog, sometimes the smartest thing you can do is don't stop the car, but take a pause, get a better clarity on situation and leave all your options open uh, to to raise down the road. But I think uh, raising rates just because you're afraid that people are going to think we've given up our fight against inflation or will have a psychological effect. I don't think that's wise. So, no, my my I would advocate in this meeting for doing nothing. But, but you know, the message that you're sending there, I mean, this whole business is all predicated on trust. You know, I give you my money and you give it back to me when I want it. And once that trust breaks down, and if you're telling me the Fed doesn't really know exactly what the financial situation is right now, and consequently, I mean, if there's anybody I want to understand the current financial situation right now, it's the Fed. Well, so, so I, I think they do. Uh, and I think we do. What I don't understand is what the impact will be on credit availability for small, 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 mid-sized banks. So I've said this, you probably heard me say this a hundred times. The job of the Fed is not to know the future with 100% accuracy because we never will. Our job is to be a risk manager. That's the job. And a lot of people get those things mixed up. They think, oh, you got to know everything. And if you don't, then, oh, my God, it's alarm. No, I think there are times where I've been very willing to say, I don't know that I really understand what's going on during COVID, obviously, was a good example. And you know what? We're going to let the dust clear. We have not backed off from our fight against inflation. But, no, I think your job, first and foremost, is as a risk manager. It's not to pretend that you know something you don't because you don't. And that's not that shouldn't be alarming. That's. That happens all the time. And I think when you have that uncertainty, you uh, you you act more deliberately. So let me ask you about your former former hat and take you back to Goldman Sachs. So so right now, coming to the rescue of the financial system, I see 
talk that the Jamie Dimon and J.P. Morgan Chase are putting together a consortium to prop up weak banks. Warren Buffett presumably had conversations with the administration over the weekend about doing that. In Switzerland, it was UBS that was brought in to bail out Credit Suisse. The role is that the role of the the major the the Wall Street banks the major banks. Well, if I thought it would work, it might be. But my worry is doesn't solve the issue. The issue is still even if you got an equity infusion, which would have to wipe out, I would think most of the current shareholders of Republic Bank, you still have again four thousand, you know, seven hundred uh, uh, banks out there that depositors are going to going to wonder, is it wise for me to keep my payroll account at this bank because it's more than 250000 and should I move it? It doesn't eliminate the issue. I, I, I think, unfortunately, and I, I would have hoped we wouldn't have gotten to this point, but we are here. I think you've got to at least debate the pros and cons of having deposit insurance to cover uh uh, broadly uninsured deposits, make it temporary, at least for maybe two years, like you did in the global financial crisis. I think that would be a more impactful thing to do. I don't know if a rescue of any one or two banks is going to, in fact, solve this problem. That's that's the issue. And and, and that that makes a lot of sense. And I've, I've heard other calls for that, too. And that seems like the most sensible approach is a couple of years shoring up the system. I guess the other side of that argument is what the moral hazard that that somehow Absolutely. When, when you don't have oh, any exposure it. that that banks can make stupid loans. I hate it. I hate it. Having said that, the way to have foreclosed one, there have been a whole number of things that would have had to have been done. Don't have easy money for as long. Start <laughs> curtailing the asset purchases back in sometime in early 21. Raise rates a little sooner. Take your foot off the accelerator, blah, blah, blah. And be on top of the small regional banks and uh, banks generally as you start to raise rates. None of that seems to have been done. And so, yeah, now you're faced with lousy choices. And I can't change that. But given this set of choices, it's the least bad of a series of suboptimal choices. And I think, again, the job at the Fed and the regulators is to be a risk manager. And I think acting sooner rather than later uh, my fear is they'll ultimately have to do it. But if they do it four weeks from now, you're going to have a lot of damage around the country. And then they'll still have to do it. I think acting sooner rather than later would be wise. That'd be my view. May we, may we close by, we, by me suggesting some words to put in your mouth? We get out of this, but we don't know how? No, I think I think there are some solutions but I think you're going to have to deal with the uninsured. You're going to have to deal with the two-tier of banks problem, where if any fiduciary out there has more than 250 grand, a small mid-sized bank, they're going to have to seriously think about moving it, and and that undermines the health and stability of the entire banking system. So there's a way to get out of this, but I think it may involve uh, acting to to back up deposits and then go back. Toughen up regulation. I, I, I'm all for it, uh, you know, and do a number of actions. But you need to stabilize the situation first. Good words. And you always put this in perspective. And for my money, I wish you were sitting down at that Federal Reserve Open Market Committee table on Tuesday. Rob Kaplan, the former CEO of the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. Thank you for the conversation. 
Thanks, David. Good to talk with you. Thanks a lot for more of our conversation. Go to krld.com slash CEO of David Johnson. News Radio 1080 KRLD.